listening to the Yogi Fuel podcast, the podcast where we share the knowledge of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science to help you learn and embody ancient wisdom in a practical way to optimize your health, deepen your spiritual practice, and step into your peak potential. I'm your host, Mel Singh. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, so I wanted to jump in today and have a really quick conversation about this idea of how what you eat can affect your anxiety and dysregulate your nervous system. And so I want to share with you three common ways that this happens that we might not even, we might not even realize, we might not even know about, right? Because one of the things that I see with a lot of my, um, with a lot of my clients, one of the main things that we work on, whether I'm working with someone one-on-one or they're joining me inside of Embodied Ayurveda or any one of our group programs is we, we focus quite a bit on nutrition when it comes to supporting the nervous system and supporting anxiety. Because I think something that we're not often taught or that we don't really realize is the role that nutrition plays in supporting our nervous system. So maybe before I get into like the three ways that it can like dysregulate our nervous system, I want to share how, you know, your food can actually support your nervous system, right? And support your anxiety because ultimately anxiety is like at its root, it can be, you know, a lot of things might cause it, but it's like a dysregulation of the nervous system. Okay. And so whenever we're talking about anxiety, whenever we're talking about healing from anxiety or stress, we need to be having a conversation about the nervous system. It is like of utmost importance. Okay. Um, so when it comes to nervous system health and healing, we need to understand that what builds our nervous system is our food. Food is the fuel for the nervous system. Food not only builds up like your literal and sustains like your actual nerves, but it supports, it fuels, and it nourishes your neurons and your neurotransmitters. In fact, food is what builds neurotransmitters, right? Specifically proteins, specifically fats and different, you know, um, vitamins and minerals, right? And so if we even look at things like, you know, different medications, medications act on the neurotransmitters, but they do not build the neurotransmitters. So one of the key things that I see with people who are struggling with anxiety is we're not eating the things which are going to ultimately build neurotransmitters. So for example, if you struggle with depression, right, or you struggle with anxiety and you have some, you know, dysregulation within your dopamine or your serotonin, if you are taking a medication, which can be very, very helpful, I'm not anti-medication at all. I think it's an incredibly helpful um, tool that we can use on our healing journey for sure. Um, And that's absolutely a conversation to have with your doctor. But what we need to understand is that medication can upregulate dopamine it can upregulate serotonin and we can, it can act on certain receptors to make, you know, the serotonin get into that, you know, neuron, uh, you know, more easily. Same with dopamine. It can help you to kind of your neuron to go, you know, scoop up more of that dopamine, but it's not making more of it. So if we do not have the fundamental building blocks for our neurotransmitters, for our neurons, for our nervous system, we are going to, we're not we're not doing justice to any of the other stuff that we're doing, the meditation, the therapy even, right? You can't talk your way out of like a nutrient imbalance, right? (laughs) So it's really, really important that we have the proper fuel to sustain our nervous system. Spoiler alert, fat and protein. (laughs) We want to really be emphasizing and focusing on getting lots of good fats and good proteins for our unique body and mind, because that's ultimately really what is fuel for the nervous system, along with different, you know, vitamins, minerals, et cetera. 
though it can often be a very individualized conversation when we're talking about fuel for uh, fuel for the nervous system. Okay. So when we eat in a way that's highly nourishing and our body's getting what it needs, it has everything it needs to support and nourish the nervous system. It's building up dopamine. It's building up serotonin. We're getting those neurotransmitters and the medication can work more effectively. Our talk therapy is going to work more effectively. We're going to feel more motivated to do things like make changes within our lifestyle, right? We're going to feel more motivated to do things like go to yoga class and further calm and regulate the nervous system. But we have to be having a conversation about food first, okay? And so... I also want to um, want to use as like a disclaimer before I, I go into like the three common things or the three things that can dysregulate our nervous system when it comes to food. This is not meant to like shame you if you're not doing these things. This isn't meant to be a conversation about like, here's this one superior way of eating. And like, if you're not eating hundred percent hashtag clean, you know, then you're not doing it right. And, and you're, you know, you're going to ruin your nervous system. You're going to dysregulate your nervous system. That is not what this conversation is about. This is really just empowering you with the wisdom, right? This isn't like, you don't have to do all of these things right away. You don't have to heal everything right away. This is, that's the anxiety brain talking. The anxiety brain makes you think that you need to do all of these things right away. You need to make all the changes right now. Oh my God. You know, it's that, it's that sort of that, that chaos that exists in the mind when we're in that space of anxiety. You do not have to do all of this on your own. You don't have to do all of this right now. We need to, you know, when we're on this road to healing, we want to be slow and steady, slow and steady. Because if we look at what creates anxiety, it can often be like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, like trauma. And the definition of trauma is something that happens sort of like too fast, too soon, too much, too much for the, we just, we can't integrate an experience. Okay. And so our, we can't approach our healing journey with that same energy, right? We can't approach our anxiety healing journey with being like, oh my God, there's all of these 55 million things to do. I need to try and do them all at once. That's actually, that's just more of the same. So we need to slowly like emerge from the anxiety. We need to ease ourselves out of it. We need to slowly step by step, like, um, what's that? Like the, the, the tortoise in the hair. We need to embody the tortoise energy. Okay. We need to embody, we need to embody like a calm, slow methodological energy. Notice when our energy kind of gets out of whack and then slowly just like take little baby steps in the direction of healing. Okay. So that's the caveat I want to take. You're not doing it wrong. You don't need to do all of this stuff all at once. What I want for you to do is take this and use this as information to start on your journey. Know that I'm here to support you if you need guidance. We've got different programs, et cetera, to support you if you need guidance. But this is meant to really just give you that, that awareness so that you can start to make changes, okay? So one of the biggest things that I see in terms of, um, and, and the, the literature talks about as well, that can be a huge um, that can wreak havoc on the nervous system is inflammation. And inflammation, we can have high levels of inflammation for two reasons. Number one, we're eating inflammatory foods. So if we're eating lots of, you know, highly processed foods, lots of, you know, polyunsaturated fatty acids that come from, you know, again, really processed foods, think like chips, think like fatty foods, think like, I don't know, deep fried samosas, deep fried anything. We got polyunsaturated, you know, fatty acids coming in vegetable oils, which again, we, they have been touted as like heart healthy, but actually are not the heart healthy counterparts that they've been marketed as these polyunsaturated fatty acids actually create inflammation in the body. Okay. And again, eating anything that's like, say, um, you know, if our body, and this is tied into to gut health as well, if we can't digest dairy, if we can't digest gluten, if we, again, if we're in that highly inflammatory state as well, those foods are going to even further inflammation. 
Okay. So inflammation can come from like what we're eating. We're choosing to eat foods that are inflammatory in nature, number one, or, and, or we have gut dysbiosis, a dysregulated digestive system or an imbalanced agni as Ayurveda would say. And this is causing us to not be able to digest even the, the nourishing foods that we have, right? It's causing us not to be able to digest them that creates inflammation in our digestive system. That inflammation goes rogue throughout the body. And again, it's this like stress response, right? We want to think anything that's going to, that gives us stress, we experience stress externally in the sense of like, oh, I had a stressful day at work, right? But we also experience stress internally, right? Not only like, you know, say you have a stressful day at work, we experience that stress in the body. Like you can feel maybe you know, your shoulders tighten, you like adopt a stressful posture, but also, again, the food that you eat can cause a stress on the body, right? Certain foods, like I said, cause inflammation. Certain foods are actually anti-nutrients, which means they actually pull minerals and vitamins from the body. Like corn is actually an anti-nutrient. My daughter loves corn and I'm trying to be like, stop eating corn. Like it's not, no, it's having the reverse effect on the body, right? So what we eat can literally cause that, that internal stress in the body. So anything that's going to cause inflammation is going to, yeah, is going to, you know, ultimately... Uh, serve to dysregulate the nervous system, which is not what we want. Okay. And so something that's really important as we, as you know, as again, a caveat to saying that this doesn't mean that we only ever like eat clean and we never, ever eat anything that's like inflammatory. It means we want to adopt probably like an 80, 20 rule. Like most of what we eat is really good and anti-inflammatory, giving ourselves a little bit of wiggle room to eat, you know, what, what is delicious and what, what, what we want to eat. Right. Because when our body is in a balanced and regulated state and is, you know, we've got a good, healthy working digestive system, we can handle a cake with gluten and some dairy, you know, we can totally handle that, right? If for the most part, we're, we're, we're working well, but when our body is filled with toxins and our, and inflammation chronically over time, it's even harder to digest and eliminate the inflammation that we might be taking in. Okay. So that is something that I want to, that I want to say from, from the get-go is that this isn't about like being a purist, you know, where we don't ever eat anything bad. No, no, no. This is about creating a healthy balance between that as well, but just understanding like factually, I wish that this wasn't the case, but we do need to be eating foods that are not going to be so inflammatory in nature. Okay. So that's sort of like one of the really big things that we want to work on. And so as I say that too, one, the, the second thing that I see that really can wreak havoc on, again, the nervous system and our anxiety is actually under eating and under nourishment. And this is one of those things that I think like diet culture has sort of made all pervasive, you know, and again, I think that we're doing really great in terms of educating, like there's more people talking about this, more people talking about, you know, undernourishment, and there's more people talking about, you know, um, getting, you know, the proper minerals, right. And the proper vitamins and, and, and eating foods that are, that are highly nourishing. Um, but under eating is a huge cause of stress within the nervous system, which can then, you know, uh, manifest as anxiety. And, and the reason for that is twofold. Number one, if you are under eating and you're not eating enough, your body thinks on an internal level, oh my God, there's not enough food. We're starving. And your body, that's scary. Imagine if you actually didn't have enough food. What would, your, what would your mind think? Your mind would be like, oh shit, we don't have enough food. Oh God, oh God. You'd panic, right? So when we're not giving our body enough food, internally, our body is going into 
a nervous system response that is preparing that it's, it's like, it's like a famine response, right? We actually know this. If, if you've, if you followed me for some amount of time, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this again, when we're highly stressed, or again, if we, if we fast and it's like inappropriate, our body starts to go into this like famine mode and it actually starts to hoard resources. And that is actually very stressful for the body. Okay. The body thinks that something is, is, is going wrong. That perpetuates a stress response that can further dysregulate the nervous system. Okay. And if we're undernourished, right, maybe we're either, we're eating a lot, but we're not eating in a nutrient dense way where we're not getting the proper vitamins and minerals that we need. You know, we're not getting the key macronutrients that we need. The stomach might feel like full, right? But the body is starving for nourishment. Okay. The body is starving for nourishment. And I would bet that most of us are undernourished. Most of us, again, if you, and it's sort of this like, um, it's the word I'm looking for, like this, not double-edged sword, but it's like a cycle, you know, it's like stress, high levels of stress and high levels of anxiety actually deplete our minerals. They actually really highly deplete our resources, right? But undernourishment also isn't doing us any favors, right? So it's sort of this like double-edged sword where we actually need to be, we need to be really mindful. Like if you are going through a period of high stress, we need to be nourishing the body deeply. We need to be you know, supplementing with different, you know, minerals. We need to be, you know, we need to be giving our body what it is that it needs. Or again, we're going to be running on empty, right? And if our body is running on empty, that creates more stress. And again, it's a, it's this big cycle. So again, diet culture might have you believe that intermittent fasting is like the best thing to do. And don't get me wrong. I talk about intermittent fasting inside of my programs. And I think there's a place for it for some people for some times. But if you have a high, high level of stress, and you're struggling with anxiety and you're undernourished and you have a vata imbalance, which I'm going to talk about as the third thing, it's probably not the best thing for you. We can do some level of fasting, maybe like 12, 13, maybe 14 hour, like if that's just what feels normal for you, but a long prolonged intermittent fast is not going to be what's helpful. We need to get your body hella nourished. We need to get your metabolism going. We need to get that, you know, we need to get Agni stoked, right? If Agni doesn't have anything to, to burn, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get weaker, right? So we need to give it fuel for its fire so that it can keep burning and it can, it can give us lots of, lots of good energy, okay? So under eating and undernourishment is the second thing. And the third thing, and this isn't like the only three, by the way, this is like the three that I was like, aha, um, today that I just like, you know, came up with. So I'm sure there's more things. This isn't like the holy grail of like the three things, but these are the three common things that I see for sure. The third thing is, eating vata aggravating foods. Ooh, guys, this is big. Okay. This is really huge. And this is where I love that intersection of like East meets West. This is where I love the intersection of Ayurveda and science, because this changed the game for me. Like cool inflammation, gut dysbiosis, cool, cool, cool. Ayurveda and, you know, uh, modern science, of course, emphasis on gut health. This is huge, right? I'm actually going to go back. I'm going to say something about the gut that I forgot to say when we talk about gut dysbiosis. Okay. So not only is there like an inf inflammation system happening or like an inflammation situation happening, but something we may not know is that your vagus nerve, your 10th cranial nerve that goes all the way from your, you know, head from your brain, it actually goes down and innervates your digestive system. Okay. So if we have like chronic like gut discomfort, the vagus nerve is literally getting signals from your digestive system that like, oh, like I'm in discomfort, right? 
And that feeling of discomfort, that doesn't create nervous system regulation. That makes your body thinks, okay, something's wrong. There's something wrong in my digestive system. Okay, we got to figure out what this is. It dysregulates the nervous system. We want a happy gut. (laughs) We want a gut that is, you know, calmly, regularly digesting things. We don't, and again, this can be, it's like, what, what, what is it? Is it the chicken or the egg? Are we eating foods that are, you know, not ideal for our gut, which is going to tie into vata dosha? Or is our gut inherently imbalanced? And it doesn't even matter what we eat because our gut's not going to be able to, you know, deal with it because we don't have the proper, you know, enzymes or we don't have the proper gut flora and our microbiome is like a hot mess, right? So it's kind of like twofold. We have to, we have to heal agni. We have to heal our digestive system. We also have to make sure that we're fueling ourselves properly. And so this ties into vata dosha, right? It's not just what you're eating. It's like the qualities and the energetics of what you're eating and how you're eating it. So for example, in Ayurveda, there's a big difference between eating like a raw carrot and a cooked carrot. If we understand the energetics of vata dosha, which is a very light, moving, mobile, aggravated energy, if we eat foods that are really light, also vata is very cold. So if we're eating light, cold foods, you know, we're not going to be, we're, if we're going to create more of that energy, okay? We're going to create more vata dosha. And what does vata dosha do? Vata dosha rules over the nervous system. So when vata is aggravated, when vata is um, out of balance, it's going to make the nervous system out of balance, okay? It's going to move. It's the bioenergetic force that moves through the body, okay? And, And directly rules over the nervous system. So it's going to, you know, move through the nervous system, causing dysregulation, which is going to increase our anxiety. And it also creates gas and wind in the digestive system. And what did I just say? When the digestive system is in a, in a state of discomfort, again, it's sending a signal to the brain via the vagus nerve, via the gut-brain axis. Hey, hey, something's going on here. We're feeling uncomfortable. It sends that signal to the brain. And what does that do? Just regulates the nervous system. What does that do? Might throw us into anxiety. And just think about how you feel when you're bloated. And, and when you, you know, are holding in some gas, you're like, ooh, you know, you're, you're, you're actually not feeling good, Right. So when we understand how to eat in a way that's going to reduce inflammation and support our our gut and our agni, when we're properly nourishing ourselves, we're eating foods that are highly nourishing, that are nutrient dense, and eating foods that are grounding and calming and supportive for vata dosha, this is like the trifecta of not only just like physical health, but deeply supporting our nervous system and reducing our anxiety and our stress, right? And this is what's going to create that level of physical resilience to support us in handling, you know, whatever it is that happens. Because ultimately, all we can ever do in the realm of like anxiety healing and nervous system healing is we can only heal ourselves. We are only responsible for ourselves and our body and our mind. Building resilience in the body, cultivating resilience in the mind, cultivating, you know, a strong, subtle energy, So that if something external happens, which it probably will, that triggers you, that sparks anxiety, you know, whatever happens, you have a level of resilience to handle it. That is what we're doing. We're not like making anxiety go away forever. No, no, no. I can't. I wish I could like follow you around and like 
you're like, make all the anxiety provoking things go away. Actually, I don't wish that I could do that because what I wish for you is like deep resilience. I wish for you to have a strong, grounded, resilient AF nervous system that will support you so that you can handle whatever life throws at you. Cause that is where the money's at, right? The money isn't in like making sure that your life is this like perfect little bubble where nothing goes wrong. It's all about, okay, how can I become more resilient in my body and in my mind so that I can handle whatever it is that life throws at me? And again, we don't necessarily think like food as like a foundation for that, but it is actually, right? Your food fuels, nourishes, builds this physiology. Your nervous system is part of your physiology. Like I said, it builds your neurotransmitters. It builds your actual nerves. It builds your, you know, all of your tissues. And so this is a huge, huge component for, again, grounding, calming the nervous system, which is going to support us with anxiety. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that this gave you a lot to think about. I hope that this was easy to digest. A little Ayurveda joke there again. Um, And I just want to say, like, if this is something that piques your interest, if this is something that you know that you want support with, I do just want to gently and lovingly remind you that our my three-month Ayurvedic self-healing program, Embodied Ayurveda, is open for enrollment. There are a few days left to apply and access a one-on-one consultation with me um, prior to the start of the program, which can be like such a potent way to get really specific and really individual around, you know, nutritional needs for you, around your unique constitution and really how to, you know, tweak the program so it's completely in alignment for you. Um, So if that is something that you're interested in, if this conversation resonated with you, I would love to invite you to go ahead and apply, apply for Embodied Ayurveda. Um, There's no, you know, pressure on you to apply at all. Um, Once you apply, I will take a look at your application. If it's not a good fit, if it doesn't sound like it's going to be like the right thing for you right now, I will totally tell you and make a recommendation for another, you know, program, maybe just a one-on-one consultation to get you started or hook you up with a resource from our free resource library to get you started and to get you moving forward um, on your journey to support you. So once again, if this was like helpful for you and like made light bulbs go off in your brain, I would love to just support you with this more deeply, or at the very least, get you set up with something from our free resource library that would really, really be helpful for you. So if you are watching this as a live in the Facebook group, I'm going to pop the link to apply for EA below, um, along with the program page uh, link for you to take a look at if you want to just take a look at what the entire program um I was going to say what it embodies, but what it entails, that's the right word, what it entails. Um, And food is really just a piece of it, right? It's a piece of the broader puzzle of living in a way and designing our life in a way where we're completely resilient toward whatever, you know, goes on. So there's a component of food, of movement, um, of nourishing and supporting our mind, of nourishing and supporting our subtle energy, of getting super clear on and, you know, aware of the state of our doshas, the state of our nervous system. And just like, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm super excited about what it, what it all entails. It really is like the, the full package, so to speak. So I would love for you to go ahead and take a look at that. If this is, if you're like, this is not for me, totally cool. Not a problem. Like I said, we've got tons of podcast episodes, free resources to support you as you're getting started on your journey. So if you need any support, please feel free to just like reach out and I'm happy to support you with that. Um, thank you so much for listening, whether you're listening live, whether you're watching the replay or you are listening to this via the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, I will see you guys next week. Bye.